Welcome to another edition of the VRL USA podcast. Today we have the full house as Sid refers to it. Sid from the East Coast. Hi, Sid. Hey, Ravi. And Alan from the West Coast. Hi, Alan. Hi, Ravi. So, lots to talk about today. Uh, I think the most important one and the most serious one is the the game we had with Barcelona, game apart, we'll talk about it in a while, but uh, but the incident of banana throwing at Danny Alves, which sort of took took caught on like wildfire, and uh, uh, and you know it has worldwide repercussions, and a lot of stuff happened. The 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 person was identified, and his uh, season ticket has been revoked, and he's been banned for life from El Madrigal. As well as I think today he got arrested by the Spanish police. If I read the reports right, I think I think he's he's not being held. He's not being held. I think they've they've charged him or something, but they let him go on his own recognizance, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so I was working during the game, and then I I watched the game later, and the then I heard about the incident first. Um, you know, I was totally shocked that this sort of thing would happen to El Madrigal, and uh, so. I'll start off with you guys. You guys were watch, probably watching the match. So, Sid, what did you think about this, and what do you think of the reaction from the club? Well, I was going to say, you, uh, it's good you asked me, because Alan didn't see it initially either, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Or Alan, at least, was confused to what was going on. You know, I did see it, but when I first saw it, it took me a minute to realize... What was happening? What was happening? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, you know, because I didn't recognize at first it was the banana, it was a banana, and it, it wasn't going through my mind of, you know, what was, I, I thought it was like a candy bar or something, and then I looked again, I was like, oh no, that's not cool, <laughs> that's not a candy bar. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I, I saw I saw it, and I think I may have said I said it to the Barcelona folks as well on uh, Blaugranas that. The game, and, and admittedly, you know, this had been a game for the league title or something. I may not say that, but uh, I'd like to think that in most cases the game became of secondary importance at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the story ended up being about that, what happened, the aftermath, how it was handled, and and all of that. So obviously, it is it is painful to see. Um, you know, I tried to put into some thoughts uh, a few different a few different things on the site, and and one of them I really think is just the image of Spain that Spain has developed. Um, you know, due to the fact that it was it was controlled by a dictatorship for so long, and then uh, we've seen these incidents over a number of years, and. You know, it just it it gives it gives the country, it gives the league, it gives the club for sure. Which you know, if you hadn't heard of Villarreal in 2005, which is probably the most likely time you may ever have heard about them, mm-hmm. this would be your first awareness of the club. And um, you know, one one thing that I think the media has not done is is not talked about that this has happened like five times this year already in Spain. Right. Um, it's good. 
it's good that we are shining a light on it now, and it should happen, and this was done in such a way, and to Barcelona and the reaction and all of that, but, um, you know, there are lots of other incidents to talk about, and there is, you know, a bit of backlash from fans of the club, and I think, to some extent, we all have felt, you know, whether it's by the refs or by TV contracts or playing on Mondays, that there's there's a little bit of uh, second banana feeling that Villarreal has, no and it's come out in this context too, which I I think is misguided but understandable, kind of from 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 other associations. But yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it it just it it looks really bad, and Spain and this history with football and racism is such a, such a troubled past. And I talked on the site that, you know, the, the lasting image I have still is of Samuel Eto'o in that match in Saragossa. And, uh, you know, like people will have an association with Villarreal. I have ever since had a negative association with Saragossa right. because of the way that that happened. Yeah. Um, so it's just a very unfortunate thing, and the club has taken the first step, but there's there's a lot more to be done. Well, I think that I guess my take on it is is coming is similar but slightly different. Much as you pointed out, article on the site that you know you know Spain is not you know apart from the football pitches you know Spain has not appeared to be an overly racist place. And I was really not surprised, I was at all, to hear the, the guy who threw it saying, oh, you know, I'm not a racist, it was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I mean, to me, one of the big problems with this is that, you know, the environment in Spain has become such that committing an act that to the rest of the world is, is clearly racist is seen as a oh it's just a bit of it's just a bit of fun it's just a spur of the moment thing, and I think the disappointment that I'm seeing with what's with the response to it is that the league hasn't done anything. Spanish politicians, as far as I've seen, haven't commented at all. Um, you know, it's, it's the only the only thing that's happened is that Villarreal has done I think what's appropriate. Um, now there seems to be, a, it, it, I think there is a bit of a backlash because it does feel as though, well, wait a minute, if you're going to arrest this guy and, you know, he's got this huge fine and everything, that's, that's a lot. Um, to me, there's a wider discussion that needs to happen in Spain that isn't happening. Maybe it will, but I think that's part of why people feel aggrieved in Villarreal is, oh, okay, we did the right thing in, in, you know, in reporting the incident, in in giving the guy a life ban, and I guess he's also lost his part-time job with the club because he was coaching one of the youth teams, right? And yet nobody picks up on any of that. And you know, I think that's where where the frustration is 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 coming from. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I think I. From what I've seen and like the reactions, people keep comparing. Okay, they did it here in in yeah. uh, Espanol yeah. Stadium. Nothing happened then. Why are we being singled out? I think at the well, 
I think the problem is that it's a very complex situation, as you said, Ellen. And what happens, what happens is that it's become so in this age of you know where news travels so fast, social media and all that. Yeah. And something like this on TV can really put a lot of pressure on a lot of people. Agreed. Yeah. It's, that it's not, it's not an excusable act. I mean, you know, just it, it doesn't matter if if you know you can't examine the background of the person. You can't know how they really feel about something. All that you can see is what they did. Yeah. And what they did was 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 not okay. It was reprehensible. It was a it was an act that people around the world view as you know for for obvious reasons as a racist one. And so to say, oh, I'm not a racist, I just kind of lost it, is not really going to really yeah. be okay. Yeah, and I think it's one of those where uh, you, you put yourself in a tough and a compromising situation and yeah. then you, it, it just becomes like really hard to defend. I mean, the punishment might have been excessive, seem excessive, the punishment, but... But the thing is that there is something, there's no defense for what you've done. If it is something like if you threw a lighter or something or, or yeah. some other like yeah. a bottle or something, you could say, okay, he was drunk. And, um, and, yeah, and I, don't, I don't think what the club did was was actually out of line at all. I mean, no, no. Sid, Sid, you know, for that, that's right, has been um, sort of out of line is the is the fact that you know, now we've identified the guy. His name is in, all over the paper and everything. And it's and it's like, you know, he's a twenty. I mean, he did. I would like to see a way where this could be turned into an educational moment that would help Spain overall. You know, if and and that's I think what I'm what I was hoping would happen in addition to what the what the club did. I don't think giving the guy a hefty fine or having him spend time in jail is going to accomplish that. I mean, what what is what is the league doing? Why why has the league not said this happened? I, the next round of games, there has to be something before the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 it's it's another manifestation of the league. So I think every yeah. way well, it's like usually, it, it's, like it's, it does. it's the usual vacuity of the league because all they you know the only thing they've done, as far as I know, is they've given Villarreal you know like a week to respond to the to the report that the referee made about, you know, about the incident. Well, you know, that's just, I mean, fine, but that's just a minor point. I mean, that's going to result in a fine for the club or something like that. But the wider issue is, you know, you've got people around the world, um, you know, who, who saw what happened and who are, you know, the league and, and you know, quite apart from Villarreal, are being damaged by this. Well, Villarreal at least did something to to, to repair its image in the light of it. But the but the league hasn't done anything. You know, as yeah, far I as think I, the league... you know, I think everybody, I think everybody in Spain has, has now gone on to celebrating the Champions League final coming up. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, think... I really do. It's like it's 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 just it's just the the narrative hasn't continued. I mean, um, yeah, when when the going gets tough, the LFP passes the buck. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's it's almost as if the you know Villarreal now is the only club to which this has happened. Right, that's right. that's the only kind of justification. Yeah, that that the league would say, well, we can just ignore this. 
it's like, oh, it's one isolated incident. It's not. I mean, no. yeah. <laughs> happened like five times well look i mean look at the disgraceful thing that happened to marcello right after the after the um what the copa del rey match was it um you know Mm -hmm. and and, and even in a in a broader sense to be fair there are reports now out of england that during the liverpool chelsea match that dembaba was insulted at anfield so right like this is this is a problem everywhere. It's a bigger problem in Spain, it is. and everyone is doing a disservice to the issue by acting like this is some isolated guy or this guy is so different from anybody else. No, I mean, you know, I I mean, I you know, I, I you know, I obviously don't know the guy. I don't think any of us do, unless Ravi, you may have met him. I don't. No, I have heard the name before. Maybe I've. I've seen him on Twitter. Maybe yeah. I, I I don't think I don't think he has a Twitter account, or at least I don't know of his. But I've heard the name before. Yeah, um, but it's like you know, I just find it. You know, I mean, there is a real danger that you that you make the guy a scapegoat for <laughs> for a wider yeah. problem that you're not addressing, and I think that's where the frustration comes in. Well, I, I think always, to me, the only interesting part is going to be when the next happens there is a precedent like not yeah. not like in the past where people don't take action and the league finds you like 73 euros um yeah. this this is yeah. this time we've taken like a really strict action we gotta wait and see if next time if it doesn't happen then then, well, then no, the, league... the, the thing that got to that got me was like okay you, you've got however many millions of people worldwide are watching Villarreal play barcelona you know, we all see what happens, um, and yet the, the initial comment after the game was, "Well, we've got to see if the referee put it in his report." I mean, come on, you know, that's 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 why what happened to Marcelo didn't get punished, right? Well, that was after the match, and the referee didn't put it in his report, so it didn't happen. Come on, I mean, that that's yeah. you know, if if if. If you use that kind of logic, then the then the guy running the L.A. Clippers would just be often, you know, nobody would ever pay any attention. You know, oh, it's, it's it didn't happen during a game, so why does it matter? I mean, just and, and, and I think one one big point I was trying to make in discussing a little bit of politics, aside from the fact that my background maybe is in politics, so I'm always led back to the issue, is that. Um, you know, there there aren't generations of dark-skinned Spaniards yet. Right, um, right. The country and its immigration patterns and things. And, you know, so, so there's also something about, you know, just like we can't judge, we can't judge, you know, uh, sub-Saharan Africa on the same standards we could judge the United States on things. So by the same token, you know, um, expecting... You know, expecting the sort of reaction that maybe we had in the U.S. over the Donald Sterling thing is not is not fair, because um, you know this issue just hasn't been out there as long in Spain. But really, people are people are losing the moment to just turn this into oh let's let's take a lot of photos with bananas and act like I I, I must no, you know I really, that, that, I really got a little I mean. On the one hand, it's very sad that, you know, Dani Alves and Neymar could have this happen to them so often that they could actually say, well, okay, next time this happens, we're going to do this. And, you know, I, I have no problem with that. I think, you know, I think it, it 
it certainly um, pointed up the pointed up the what happened. As I said, you know, I mean, think of it. If, if this had been a if this had been a Monday match that hadn't had the the worldwide TV coverage or whatever, and we'd been playing Malaga, do you think anybody would have noticed? I mean, probably not. Not nearly in the same way. No, and so I don't blame Danny Alves for calling attention to it. I I I am getting a little tired of you know once I learn that in fact there's a big market campaign to sell shirts with half-eaten bananas on them or whatever it is. It's like, you know, it's saddening that the commercial aspect is able to take off, but the but the actual, you know, wider discussion and and, and education um, in Spain has not. Yeah, so so it, it just, it, it seems like the, the moment is passing day by day without anyone kind of yeah. doing anything further. I mean, I think, I think at this point, I think the issue is gone. I mean, out of the news cycle, and it's not that important anymore, or perceived, the perceived importance of the issue is, is gone now, because it's yeah. Champions League, another week of league games, and uh, I think yeah. I think really by exactly. Sunday, we'll, we'll, nobody will talk about this anywhere. Even in VRL, yeah. nobody will talk about this by Sunday. Yeah, but you know, it, it, I think I think part of it is it's uh, it's a country town and it's a 25 year old kid and this is an isolated thing. Yeah. People are just not not willing to you know like wh- why is the lead story not this is the fifth time that something like this has happened yes, in the exactly. league this year? Yeah, why why isn't the lead story the fact that this is so common in Spain that Danny Alves and Neymar talked about what to do next time it happens? Right, and Dani Alves is saying, "I've been here 11 years." And has now, you know, the 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 one detractor thing people are going to say is, "Well, Dani Alves isn't exactly the greatest person." But but a lot of times, people who make very good points are are not uh, pure of heart. So um, you know, just the fact that Dani Alves maybe is a controversial character in and of himself doesn't mean that when he's saying and what he's experienced doesn't have merit to it. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's also stuck around for 11 years. So, uh, certainly his, uh, his perspective is, is much more valuable than, uh, most people who are coming in and dropping into the situation. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I kind of agree with, with Ravi, but I have a feeling that the, that the time for really, you know, we're, we're going to be on to other things now. And that's, and that's sad. Um, I think you're right. The, the thing that will be interesting will be to see what happens when there's the next incident and the next and the next, because you know if if the Spanish authorities and and I include politicians as well as the league people, if they don't do anything to stop it, it's not going to stop. As I say, my concern is that it's not necessarily that that. You know, the, the fellow in question here or the guy who threw the last banana or wherever or the guy who will throw the next one is really a, you know, an out and out racist in the way we in the U.S. think about it. But the fact that you have a mentality or, a, or an atmosphere that basically allows that to be OK is not good. I mean, that's what has to change. You know, it's it's. It's like the mentality that allows you to do anything at a soccer match that is that is somehow antisocial or outside social norms. Why should it be okay at a soccer match? 
Um, well, of course, you, you can you can ask that question about Italy and fascism and all sorts of exactly. things too. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, you know the the Alan. If you want to ask the question, what is going to cause this to change? I hinted at it. Mm-hmm. You know, the U.S. What forced the NBA to take such a drastic and quick reaction was sponsors starting to pull out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so let's see. Does this have an effect on? the next big talent from Africa saying, I don't want to go play in Spain. It's a racist league. I want to go somewhere where people will treat me for who I am. Yeah. Or is it advertisers who say, we're not going to sponsor La Liga because of all of these things. Something like that will be the breaking point. The breaking point. Although, although I will, I, you know, the pessimist or, or whatever in me says that, you know, in Spain, so much of of the contracts are negotiated by um, have been negotiated by individual teams. Maybe not, but if if you have a yeah sure if you have a La Liga TV contract that covers everybody, you're going to notice real quick if if uh, people don't really want to bid as much as you think they should because they're saying well we don't want to we don't want to be associated with this product. Sure, and there have been a lot of rumors about Donny Alves leaving this summer. What if he leaves and comes out and says one of the main reasons I left is I didn't want to play in Spain anymore because of all of these incidents? So so we'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes, but, but, you know, and and I think this is the way it is in everything. Change is very slow. The the slowest change is an attitudinal change, which sounds like the people... You know, somebody like the person who threw it this time around. It's it's an attitudinal thing. It's not some way they were raised. It's not where they're from. It's just kind of thinking that, oh, I can go do something in public at a soccer match that I would never dream of doing if I had to, you know, face up to the person. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, and, and one thing to, to put a bow on this from my end is... I am still a little bit disappointed that the guy wasn't caught right then and there. Somebody had to have seen him do it. I'm glad they found him, and I'm glad it didn't end up being like the person who threw the canister. But, you know, what what you'd like to see even even more so is that somebody does this, and if, if you're his friend or whatever it is, that doesn't make what the action is okay. Yeah, that's right. So... You know, you'd you'd love to have seen somebody in the crowd be pointing, and and for 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 folks to have known kind of what happened, you know, immediately there. Yeah, and, yeah, that uh, could have been also a logistic thing. So we, it it's yeah, yeah no, 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 for sure. For me, I mean, maybe, maybe something like that did happen. I'm I just saying, like, kind oh, of but, you know, the, but at least the newspaper, the newspaper reports, uh, the newspaper <clears throat> reports said that there were people, you know, that. It, it wasn't just security staff that saw him, but that people next to him or you know around him pointed him out. I guess so. Maybe not right at the time, but at least they reported to the club what happened. I you know. Yeah, but but I mean you know I hear you. See, if you see a fight or something at a stadium and you know yeah you well people point out the guys who are involved in that even knowing that there are consequences because they did it. It's just sort of, you know, yeah. you do something, you 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 have to you have to pay the consequences. That's right. That's right. All right. So now that we talked about this 
the issue, there was also a gameplay. Oh, there was. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was a very good game too. So I did watch the game in full um, after the, I think yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with with uh, with Alan. Hey, Alan, what did you think about the game? Well, the first sixty minutes were great. <laughs> um, actually, I thought. I mean, I. I enjoyed the game, except I couldn't, you know, I mean, the, the way that it, that it played out in the end was just completely ridiculous. But I thought the first, the first half hour, uh, I mean, the first 45 minutes we played, you know, it would have hard, been hard to imagine us playing any better, really, because, you know, I don't want to get into the question of, of you know, how motivated Barcelona was, how the Tito thing affected them or whatnot, because I don't know. And, you know, but it seemed to me that we had a real sense of what we wanted to do. Um, We were we kept our, you know, people knew where they were going to play. And we did a great job in the first half of we really had more good scoring chances, I think, like four to one compared to Barcelona. What I thought was interesting was the two subs that we had to make, which um I think it was Bill Lindbergh in our comments before the game said, you know, what he would do was just put our fastest players out there, defend like hell, and then counterattack. And that's not the way we started. But when we but when we took put Joni and uh, Aquino in, that's what happened, and it worked very well. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe in retrospect, those are the guys we should have started with. Well, um, I think that I would say also that that could have been because we didn't have. Much other options on the bench. Well, it's in true. terms of like, yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Uche probably wasn't ready for to play no, seventy-five no. minutes or eighty minutes. So, all I'm or, saying is, is that 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 yeah. turned out to be real key um, in 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 terms of what we did. Um, you know, I thought though, I mean, hopefully, this the points dropped are not going to mean the difference between Europa League qualification and not. So, assuming they don't. I'm, what I'm probably going to remember from this game is that, you know, not necessarily the, the exact details of how we collapsed and gave up two own goals and then, you know, a messy winner. What I'm going to remember is we need somebody to marshal and organize our defense, somebody with somebody in the back line with a lot of experience. As you know, I, I think I wrote that to me what the person we needed back there if, if they had been on the bench and we could have brought them in with that two-goal lead, bring on Dorado. He didn't have to be fast. All he needed to do was organize the defense. But once we got flustered, we were all over the place. Um, you know, you look at the you look at the uh, winning goal, and I mean, Gabriel has no idea where he's supposed to be. Um, and you know, the own goals were incredible the second one i still don't i don't know if Masaccio knew where he was on the pitch i have no idea what happened but the point is that we didn't have anybody to kind of marshal the defense and say that's okay guys we've got we've we've got this just the way you were playing in the first half we just fell apart yeah i mean i think there there are two things i would take away one is it's it's still somewhat uh Unbelievable how how that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the second was 
really felt that we were pretty comfortable at 2-1. Even, I, I, I kind of felt like we were going to give up a goal at some point. So the way that Gabriel's own goal went in was a little bit surprising. But Barcelona was putting on some decent pressure there, and it seemed like something would happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought we had stabilized a bit, and then that 2-2 goal just completely took us off the rails. Um, yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I think I still feel like we should have won that match, even even after the kind of because I I think everybody felt like that Gabriel goal was pretty fluky. It hit two players, hit the inside of his thigh, and somehow yeah, kind of ricocheted in. The second one, yes, I mean, it's fluky in the sense that you don't score own goals like that. But I mean, it was what our guy intended to do, and he somehow felt that he was under real pressure, even though there was no one within miles. And then uh, instead of... the question of, of, I mean, I don't understand who said what to whom back there, but, you know, I don't know if Musaccio thought that he, was, that he needed to head that thing back to Aquino, or, I mean, to Asenjo or what, but, I mean, it just made no sense. There was yeah, you know, well, no I, sense at all. And and he, I mean, that was a powerful header. Yeah, <laughs> because it yeah, actually, that's the thing. It was, it was, like, it was like, dude. Kind of straight at him. Yeah. But I, I almost thought that he was trying to hit it over the bar, like, as a clearance for a corner. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that's what he intended to do. But right. what I'm saying also is kind of you tend to see own goals where somebody places the shot past their keeper or something. They put it in a place the keeper can't get to. I was almost so right at him that I think Aseno was so startled the ball was coming back. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, very conceivably, if that's an attacker who heads it like that, he would make the save. Is what I'm saying. I, I think for me, so at him. For me, the thing was if we didn't have to make those subs in the first half, we we had those subs after 60 minutes. Like I didn't think Kani did anything after 60, 65. He should have been off the pitch, but we couldn't take him off because. There was no, um, because we didn't have subs left. and or, or like we just had one, and I think Marcelino wanted to keep it if something happened late. And so we ended up um, having this situation where we had a lot of, like especially Connie, I think there may be Trigueros too, probably needed to be subbed off after 65. And put uh, yeah. I think that guys was, with fresh you, legs. I think you but, saw but that I think, where, you know, once... Once we got up 2-0, it seemed like we were kind of coasting. And then once the 2-1 happened, we just didn't have an answer. I mean, at that point, that was kind of the thing that woke Barcelona up in the, in the sense that I think it gave them a feeling they could maybe get something out of the match. And in the last 20 minutes or so of the game, I don't think we really were able to do much of anything, but, you know, because so our missed... 70 minutes, we had uh, been covered. I think we covered 88 or 90 kilometers, and they had 80. And I yep. think you can see that without the ball, we were running a lot, pressing, closing yep. down spaces. So obviously, last 20 minutes, they definitely had better conditioning and better, they're in better shape than us to take advantage. And I think, in hindsight, if we had those, if we hadn't had made those changes in the first half, I think we would have made those around 60, 65, and taken off our slowest and the guys that couldn't run anymore. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. To me, that's where the game 
Um, I, I'm sure like the own goals are you know a lot of luck involved in those, but we were defending so deep, and I think we were even at two zero. I was like sixtieth minute two zero. I was like, um, I heard the score. I was I was at work and I heard the score and I was like, okay, still there is thirty minutes left and this is Barcelona. So, yeah. um, and yeah, yeah, go ahead. It was it was all very predictable at the end, I guess. <laughs> but but I do think that it's it's like it's one of those where I think we played really well like, and and I think you have to say that the last thirty minutes is where we lost the match and and I mean surely we need to figure out something but if we play like that every match which is an if uh, we can win more than we can lose we lose so so I think yeah. it's a good performance. Yeah, and I yeah. and I can't let it I can't let it go without um, saying even after that we deserved a draw. I mean, there was no way that that thing, that that play involving yeah. it was anything other than a penalty. And the idea that the referee, you know, this is the same referee Borbalon who invented a penalty against us when we played Sporting several years ago. And I think in the return leg, he invented a penalty against Sporting as, as the last kick of the game. So it's not like he's somebody who just says, oh, I'm not going to call penalties after 75 minutes. I guess he just doesn't call them against Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was just no excuse for that. I and mean, it was it was, well, it was a stone-cold penalty. And, you know, it's just that's been happening. It's, you know, rant, 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 rant. We've, we've all said it, but... You know, even even with what happened in the game, we still deserved a point, and you know, even so. And yeah, I think I thought that the draw was what's going to happen in the end, but when it was two two seventy ninth or eightieth minute, I was like, I felt like okay, we still have to hold on ten minutes, and we've given them hope. It's going to yeah. be hard. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the grand frustration of this is. It, it of course it would have meant Europe was sealed, but it also you know we were really looking for kind of a signature win for the season. Sure. Um, if you look at it, our best win so far this year, beating Sociedad, beating Valencia at home. Yeah, yeah. We we haven't beaten any of the teams above us other than Sociedad. Um. And our best away win is beating Levante. <laughs> so we, you know, we're really looking for a signature win. And I think there was a stat that it was the first time in ten years or something that we didn't beat any of the um, top three teams in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think at the end of the day, I look at it this way. I think you need certain number of points to finish at a at a place, and doesn't matter if you beat. Betis and or like teams at the bottom, or if you meet teams above and lose to the teams at the bottom, I think at the end of the day you're going to have the same number of points. So I, I don't agree, but but, it, but it's something that that has been associated with the Real that and and again and the result doesn't change the fact we competed and could have and yeah. maybe should have won the game, but still you, you you sometimes like to see that and and you know I think those sorts of tangible like you actually beat them do have an impact on on your transfer you know visibility of that team I saw that game where they did beat Barcelona and things um yeah and it's it's a little bit more than style in in that sense 
Yeah, I just I just view it. I mean, just on a you know personal basis, it's just like it's a lot easier to explain to somebody. Oh yeah, I support Villarreal. You're did you did you see when we beat Barcelona? I mean, that's a lot. You know, oh you beat Barcelona. Yeah, I did a game versus. Well, did you see the game where we we were ahead of Barcelona for 60 minutes and then we kind of fell? Up? I mean, you know, it, it it it's a better it's better visibility in terms of the fan base um, and developing fan base too. I mean, you know, I, I think that kind of thing is 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 something that I mean, with when we were ahead two nil, I'm kind of thinking on the one hand, okay, if we can probably stay two nil up, we can stay two goals ahead with maybe you know. 15, 20 minutes left, I think we'll be okay. Well, of course, we didn't. And that, and then the other part of me is thinking, gee, you know, if we're going to beat Barcelona, I'm going to put, you know, my Virial flag in the car and drive around and everything. And it's like, you know, in the end, I just kind of didn't do any of that, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. When you, you just, it was very deflating. <laughs> and then the and then the whole incident that we talked about earlier just made it even worse. I will say, I think that. Once the once the club did what they did, um, I felt better. And as I say, if, I think if we if we end up qualifying for Europa League, we won't have to sit and, and rue the loss of these points. Um, but yeah, I, think, I don't think we. I think but, you know. I think it was the last podcast or the one before. I said that we're gonna beat Bob, beat Rio in the rest of the games. It's just. Yeah, I, I'm a little, um, I'm a little concerned. Of course, I mean, I'm, I'm. A, Rio can still catch us, by the way. I noticed. They're, yes, they so, can. Although we do have a, uh, we beat them five-two in their place. So, we, we've, correct. We've got, we've got a bit of a goal cushion. But yes, I mean, the, the, the pessimist that is me has already noted that Rio could catch us. Has already noted Rio's um, excellent record in recent weeks, and you know, and I'm watching Real Madrid qualify for the Champions League final thinking, okay, guys, now just take it easy. You still got to beat Valencia, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, although I have to say, I think I, if, if Valencia were going to win a, a match um, against, I, I, I thought, you know, they had a much better chance against Atleti since it was in the Mestalla than, than Real, but we'll, you know, hopefully I'll be right. Um, but, you know, um, and our one of our favorite grounds this week. Uh, yeah, I was going to say we, we we get to play at at one of our favorite grounds where the where the ball boys hopefully will remember to keep only one ball in play. Uh, and where so, we, we I, got our we, where we got our current coach fired. Where we got um, our current coach fired. Yes. And uh, so I gotta I gotta leave now, but I go before before I go. I just give the prediction for this game so that oh, I can. Right. Yes. Tell us. What's uh, I'd say it's going to be two two. Two two. Well, that'll be the point we need. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. See you, Riley. See you. Uh, yeah, we're playing in one of our, our favorite grounds, and I guess as far as I know, the match is still on Sunday. There was some talk about moving it to Monday if Sevilla qualified for the Europa final or something. I don't know. Correct. So I still think we have we have to find that out. Um, we'll find out uh, later this week. Okay. But but we obviously we know everything about Sevilla. Um, finally, has come together for them. But of course, they lost their last real chance at getting fourth last week, losing to Atleti. Yep. Uh, Which was, and then, 
did you see that match? I, I, I no, but I mean they they were they were pretty out out played and and as most teams have been this year in Bilbao. Yeah. But the question is how how do you think? You know, obviously we don't know whether they're going to win or lose that Europa League match. It seems like Sevilla is such a cup experience team that losing a two-goal lead will be uh, difficult for them. But yeah. how do you how do you think they approach the rest of the league? They don't have too much to play for when it comes down to it. No, they really don't. I think I think that's probably the that's probably the thing that might help us in this match actually because I think they're going to be. Um, playing in the Mestalla on Thursday, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I think they can probably def- defend their two-goal lead and go through to the final. Um, I'm thinking maybe you know something like 2-1 Valencia or something like that. I think the big key for Sevilla is if they can score another goal. Yeah, um, Valencia the, scoring four is yeah, is and I don't and I don't think you know I don't I don't think Valencia is going to score four. So I think probably that's that's. They're, they're, you know, Emery's a good cup coach. Sevilla's a very experienced team. I think they'll probably, um, you know, be okay with that. And even, you know, even the match on um, Sunday, you saw a bit of that where Sevilla, um, you know, they didn't start Rakitic. They didn't, they didn't have. Uh, there were a couple other players that that they rested and and they came on. I thought Sevilla played much better later in the game, even when they were down to 10 men, because they had brought on some of those guys. Um, but it, it seemed pretty clear that they were kind of prioritizing the Europa League then over, you know, they didn't seem to think they had a real good chance to finish fourth. So, you know, that might that might help us. I think, I think probably we will see some rotations just because they're going to put out their best 11 against Valencia, and it'll have only been three days before, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're concern for us, of course, is we've lost um, Jeremy Perbet for the rest of the season um, with an ankle injury. No Trigueros. No Trigueros um, because of suspension and no Pina. So, you know, exactly what we do in the, in the pivot is, is going to be interesting. Um, And I think also how we approach all this is going to be, I mean, it's not a, with everything that went on surrounding the match with Barcelona, I mean, even leaving aside all of the other stuff, blowing a two-goal lead and losing three-two is demoralizing enough, and then to have to deal with all of the all of the press and everything about about the match and and the aftermath of it is is probably not that easy either. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that maybe we'll just kind of welcome the opportunity to get back to playing on the pitch and and not worry to, about it too much. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think overall on form you'd have to favor Sevilla, but I but I kind of wonder if the fact that they're, you know, that this game is not going to be one that they're going to be that up for may help us in the long run. I don't know. Well, so what what does that mean? Sounds like you still think they're going to win this one. Yeah, I think they're going to win two one, but I could see it being one one. I mean, I think it, I think it really could come down to one of those. I, I think it, it's. I think it's going to be one of those kind of tight games rather than a than a, you know a game where we go down two nil and never really threaten. I think I think we'll I think we'll give a pretty good account of ourselves. But I but you know it's it's playing away there. Um, 
And I think you have to say on form, you know, in the last couple of months, they've certainly been one of the best teams in the league. Oh, yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pull the surprise, though. I'm going to say you do it for Marcelino. You think we're going to win this one? I'm going to say 1-3. I, I see Sevilla kind of Oops. being a bit flat and uh, looking ahead to the final in Turin that I think they will make. And um, I think I think Villarreal will be, will be fired up, one, about the way they lost, but I think, two, also maybe Marcelino will, will add a plus or two in there. And I'd like to... I'd like to see, as I said, the Barcelona game would have been it, but I'd like to see one of those kind of you can hang your hat on wins at the end of the season. Yeah, and, I, uh, I would agree with that. And this is really the last chance because I don't think winning at Anoeta is, is going to be particularly meaningful in the last week of the season. And, of course, you know, you can question Sevilla's motivation here, but it's still it's still a win at a big ground against a very good team. And, and mm-hmm. so maybe it's out of hope more than anything, but I really would like to, to see us be able to pull this one out. And when you look back on the season, yeah, you finished in wherever you did and this and that, and, you know, you had this nice win to kind of go, go, go home to, to save us. Yeah, I would I would hope that that would be the case. Um, you know, I think I think Sevilla is certainly going to be. I, I mean, I think if anything, the uh, the Champions League matches where you know you got two Spanish teams in the in the two Madrid teams in the Champions League final. Um, I think it kind of points up. You know, you want to be that third Spanish team of the four finalists in Europe, and I think Spain. I think you know Sevilla. Um, on balance, if you look at how they played this season in the in the league table, they certainly have have played better than Valencia. And if and if you look at recent games, they've done better as well. So the other question, of course, is you know from Valencia's point of view, I think they've got to they've got to pretty much go all out for this because I I I don't think they can imagine that they're going to get to the, getting to the Europa League again next year by winning this year is probably a far better chance than, you know, beating Madrid and, and Bernabeu and and us not getting a point and them running the table the last game or two. So, you know, I think they've got to be, they've got to be, um, that's got to be the big game for Sevilla because they know it's going to be a tough test. But what what do you think our lineup is going to be? I mean, if we, if we can't play, if we can't play any of those guys we talked about in the Pavot, who do you, who do you stick in there? Hmm. I guess it's as good as mine to some extent. Um, we did just see that Marcelino was willing to play with the formation a bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe I mean, he doesn't doesn't have a great option in there. Maybe Edu Ramos comes back up. I'm sure he probably will just for the sake of having cover there. Over there. I, I kind of um, like the idea of maybe putting Oliver over there and having him be a more offensive player and having Bruno be a defensive guy. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I could I could see that thought. Yeah, I was going to yeah. also yeah. I was just also maybe Bruno sits as a lone sweeper and we have three kind of there in the midfield and still play two up front. Yeah. So maybe Oliver sits 
you know, maybe has a more of a, a diamond shape to it. Right, where he's kind of he's kind of up at the top of that with or or maybe Connie is and you got Oliver yeah. and Oliver and, and Aquino maybe on the yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I think I think definitely we will be knowing that the defensive midfield's a little bit weaker, I would expect Connie and Aquino on the wing as, as people who are able to track back to the extent. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, I thought that, I think Ravi made a good point that Connie, you know, the first hour against Barcelona was great. I think he's still, he's still, you know, after that long layoff, um, he's still not totally the, the 90 minutes Connie that he was earlier in the season. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's one thing. Well, 90 minutes Connie was not the same guy we had seen for a long time but, either. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, and of course, obviously, we don't have we don't have Perbe, so presumably Uche and, and Gio. Um, I think rather than than Joni and Gio, don't you? Yep, yep. I think I think Uche and Gio is it. I think this this will be actually interesting because we we may really like what we see in terms of the eleven. Getting it to fit in kind of the systems we've played is a different thing, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? Connie, Oliver, Aquino, uh, Bruno is, you know, maybe our, our most talented unit that we can put out there. So Yeah, what what about you think Jokic again at, at uh, left back? I mean I or do we I mean I thought I thought against Barcelona he did he did um you know pretty well. Um uh-huh. But we had a real need there to sort of, you know, I don't know. I I think I feel think that way. Than, I think other than his injuries and the fact that he was a little bit uh, inconsistent when he wasn't getting a regular run of games, I think Jokic has been pretty good this season. So I think he's he's certainly deserving of the opportunity to to finish this off and. Um, course with European games next season hopefully and um, having the cup again to the extent that we are able to from being back in the top flight that um, you know there'll be there'll be games to go around and mm-hmm. if we are you know at the point of playing two day two days a week for, for a while yeah. significant stretch then then having two players at those positions will be useful. So yeah, do you, do you think you give do, do you put Gabriel out there again with Masaccio or do you do you give Pontic a, Pontic a, a chance again? What do you? I mean, I you know I feel like um, I feel like uh, the um, the own goal is sort of I mean I can't really fault him too much for that. I did I did think that as the second half wore on, his positioning got pretty poor, and and that certainly was evident on the goal, but um, but at the same token, you know, I mean, he's is is Pontic a, a better choice or what do you think? Do do you do you go with the guy that that you played last time or do you just alternate for the sake of alternating? I mean, it's a good question. If I I wish to some small extent that Valencia were playing ahead of us because then we'd have an idea if we even needed to get a result yeah, in any manner in the match. But, um, you know, I, I could 
I could see a pretty good argument for uh, trying to experiment a bit. Um, I don't necessarily know what that means, but, uh, you know, maybe at least in your back four, I feel like up front you kind of know what you want and know what you have. I think I think next year I think we're going to find that we really don't know what we have at a few of those positions. We, you know, it seems like we have Jokic and Costa left back, but... You know who who is the backup right back? Is Pontic your right back, or is he a center back? And yeah, you know, what what happens to Iniguez, and where does yeah. Dorado fit yeah. in if he's yeah. if he's back again? So so lots of different kinds of questions there that I might be tempted to you know call up one of the B team guys now that they're safe and not don't really have a chance don't have a chance to go up either. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully that is definitively answered after this week and uh, mm-hmm. the last two weeks of the season. We do have some flexibility. Have some flexibility. Hopefully so. I, yeah, I just as I say, the Barcelona match I think really pointed it up to me. But there have been others as well. I just, I think when I compare where we want to be, which you know I look at, at I look at the um, teams that did you know, very well in, in Europe, um, even the most recent one that got to the semis of the Europa League. And when we fell apart against Porto was when we had all the injuries in our in our back four. Um, we really, and, and we lost Gonzalo, who was really our experienced guy back there who could kind of marshal the troops and, and organize things. And I think in the summer, that's going to have to be something. If we want to move to the to be more competitive um, and 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 win games against the clubs that are at the top by not allowing two or three goals, right? I mean, we we lost four two to Madrid. Two we drew two two in our place with Madrid, a match we should have won, right? Yep, you gave up two to Barcelona and three to Barcelona. Barcelona. So I mean, that's where you yeah. Have, and 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 keeping in mind, of course, last year for that we had Melberg. So right, exactly. And and I understand, you know, there. Uh, I mean, he's getting on in years and and uh, and everything, but we need somebody back there who who can be the team leader from the back. Um, yep. And, Agreed, it's, and and it was it was a lot on Musaccio, and maybe maybe a little bit feeling some of that weight is is part of what's explained that he, he certainly has slumped at the end of this year. Yeah, I think maybe it's been a maybe it's been a lot to ask of him um, because he's you, I mean the last half of the season it's basically been him and two and Gabriel who's. Who's yeah, so it's two rookies in the league. Yeah, no matter yeah, what it is. yeah, two rookies in the league, and Gabriel, who's very raw, talented but raw, played what second division in Brazil or something, and Pontic, who's a converted right back. So it's a lot to ask of of, of Masaccio. and you know I think we all we all look at him and think I mean God he's been there forever and it seems like he has but he's a young guy, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, so, with that, I guess we will uh, jump off for this one. But um, hopefully next week we can celebrate qualifying for Europe definitively. Yep, and uh, we'll have to see at that point what the club decides to do for its last home match of the season. Yes, indeed. 
for Alan and Ravi. This is Sid and Tamant the area. Okay, 